Don't underestimate how much the people who come after you are going to want to know about you. For the good or you know, ill, you know, not all the great stuff. Maybe not even most of the great stuff. But I truly believe it will make them feel like they can do it too. You know, it's an empowering thing to know that the people who came before you struggled and didn't know what to do. And that's, that's the point of this. everyone, I'm Denise Gorant. Welcome to Bite Your Tongue, the podcast. Thanks for joining us as we speak with experts, authors, parents, and even young adults to explore the transition from parenting our young children to building healthy relationships with our now adults. Hopefully we'll grow together, learn about ourselves, our young adults, and of course, when to bite our tongues. We are so happy you're with us. So let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Bite Your Tongue, the podcast. This is an interesting topic we're going to explore today. We came across this article in the New York Times from April 2021. The article by Eric Vance is titled, How I Time Travel to Parent My Adult Son. As you begin to read the article, you realize that at the time of writing, Eric's son is only five years old, yet he's titled the article, How I Parent My Adult Son. So what the heck is he talking about? We read on. The subtitle of the article says, once a year, I record a brutally honest conversation for my little boy. Here's why that psychologically is healthy for both of us. So I guess we're a bit late on starting these kinds of brutal conversations to record for our now adult children. But how about our grandchildren or even messages to our adult children now? We want to know what our listeners think. We reached out to Eric and found out that he actually lives in Boulder. He's an award-winning storyteller, and his LinkedIn tells us he's an editor for the New York Times parenting section, bringing evidence-based guidance to the confusing world of raising little humans. Should we let Eric know what Susan Engel wrote in her New York Times piece? When they're little, they sit on your lap. When they're adults, they sit on your heart. Maybe not. Anyway, let's get started. Welcome, Eric, and thank you so much for joining us. As you know, this podcast is is targeted to parents of adult children, so we are a little behind the eight ball in putting your time travel strategy to work. Well, maybe our grandchildren, but we just want to learn more about this idea. So welcome. Well, thank you for having me. You sit down with an audio recorder once a year and talk to your 22-year-old son. I know you say a lot of this in your article, but why do you do this? I also want to know, do you just have one son? Yeah, I just, well, for now, just have the one. (laughs) Okay. And he's seven now, I would assume. Is that right? Or six? Uh, He's six. Six. Okay. All right. So why do you do this and what brought you this idea and how's it been going so far? Well, actually, I think the idea came from an episode of Star Trek. Uh, so I can't claim complete uh, authorship. Uh, and the next generation, and there's this this kid named Wesley Crusher who stumbles across an old tape of his dad's, and his dad had died on some other mission. You know, it's a TV show, but like for some reason, it just touched me. It, it, it sort of hit me and said, and so that's sort of the first reason I do it is you know in case something happens to me. Um, right. It's not just photos or videos. It's a conversation. So worst comes to worst, like he he's not interested in it. And I, you know, 
and no one ever listens to it. And that's, that's kind of fine. But I guess the worst situation would be where something happened to me and then, and then you'd have this, the stockpile. So that's, that's one reason. And that's what sort of kicked it off. Sort of a time capsule of his father. Yeah. And that's the other thing is, you know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with the person I'm going to be in, you know, 15, 20 years, but it's not going to be me. I'm 65. My audience is probably 50 and up. Why do you think we're so less interesting now? <laughs> um, I mean, I think I think there's a couple things. I mean, I, I think I'm less interesting now than I was 20 years ago. Um, I, I think that uh, it's not less interesting. I think... But that's what you said in your article. Yeah. Well, maybe less interesting to a kid. Okay. I'm trying to back here. I'm trying to get out of this. Okay. okay, okay. I do think less interesting okay. um, because... I mean, partly we get into certain rhythms, right, with our kids and, and ways of talking and sort of ways of presenting a role model, which is really important. And that's why we do it. And then, you know, also trying to guide them and trying to occasionally discipline them. And it just, you know, they're not they're not our friends. You know, they're our children. And um, and that's important. I think that, you know, that, that you have to be willing to do that is a really important step to make in parenting. And as you, I think as you get older, you get better at that, but it becomes harder to transition back to being buddies or whatever relationship you want to have when they've left and, and they're starting their own lives. And I noticed with my, with my own father, you know, I mean, it can be, it can be tricky to establish that. And if I don't, if I, if I don't really, if I'm, if I'm not able to sort of rekindle that, well, at least I have this record of, you know, a time when I didn't have that experience and that ba- and that baggage, and I, I could just be a slightly different person to him. So I don't know. I don't know if that makes any sense, but I I do think that it's a way, at the very least, to sort of break out of the whatever habits that we build over the next fifteen or twenty years. That you know, whether good or bad, this is who I am now, and without those habits, and I think that might be weird. I would definitely be weird to hear my own father talking to me that way and sort of letting his guard down. Uh, which, and he's not a very guarded person, but it's just, it's a different relationship. So I have a couple things to say to that. Number one, I think you don't get better as your child gets older because every stage is so different. You're better when the second kid comes around with the second kid. (laughs) No, I I really think that's true. I don't think you get better because as they get older, the, you know, as they say, bigger kids, bigger problems, right? Or bigger issues. Um, so yeah, you've gotten better at parenting a four-year-old, but you haven't gotten better at parenting a 15-year-old. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to just argue that a tiny bit. You know, I think I said in my intro, we interviewed Susan Engel, who wrote a story for the New York Times several years ago, uh, when the kids are grown, the real pain begins. And she had a quote in there that said, when they're little, they sit on your lap. When they're big, they sit on your heart. You kind of said that when you said, your relationship with your father. And I mean, hence, that's why we're having this podcast. No one really talks about building the healthy relationships with your adult kids. So I love what you're doing because you're trying something very, very different. And I hope it works. My other big question is, you say it's a conversation. How is it a conversation with one person? (laughs) But I think, well, how are you doing this when you're talking just you? It's a good question. I think this is the hardest part of doing it. And this is if, if someone was to try this on their own. I mean, I don't know that I have a perfect strategy for this, but 
I the the way that's worked for me is is to let down those guy those barriers. So I sort of have this imaginary person, this imaginary young adult in my mind that I'm talking to, but I, I don't actually know this person. I don't have any baggage. No, you don't. You're right. So I'm, the way I'm talking is like, oh, you know, the other day that you know the craziest thing happened. Um, oh, oh, yeah, but oh, that, that reminds me, you know. Um, this other thing happened, and uh, you know, it just it just really made me feel awful, you know. And 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 th- that kind of conversation, and you know, so I'm sort of I'm talking off the cuff. I'm making sure that uh, I'm like being true to sort of whatever I'm feeling in that second, and and sort of imagining that I'm on a phone call with with a, an adult friend, right? But no one's replying. So how does the conversation build? Well, um, <laughs> usually, you uh, play ends, those parts. <laughs> it, I mean, it ends. It ends usually with some sort of like me making a joke and 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 laughing at myself, and then sort of like anyway, you know. I mean, it's it's a right, little. Right. I mean, I don't want to say stand up comedy um, right. because it's you know you're not performing, but you're a stand up comic does you know have a conversation with the audience. Yeah, I guess that's true. So a lot of it's just like I mean, stand up comic might say you know. The other day I was on a, on a plane and something crazy happened. But, you know, me, it's going for the laugh. Me, it's, it's, I'm assuming the person who I'm talking to just asked me how my last year was. And it's like, you know, and so it's, it's, it's like a conversation where you're, you know, you're like, oh man, it's, especially this recent one, like it's, it's been a tough year, man. Like it's, I, I don't know, you know, and, and it's just, and you start going into it and it comes pretty naturally after a while. You'd be surprised how, when you let your guard down, it keeps coming. So that's the other thing I wanted to ask you. So he's six, or what age did you start? I'm trying to remember when I saw that Star Trek. <laughs> You've done five or six no, or whatever. Five more, okay, yeah. yeah, okay. When you say you do it off the cuff, that you do it once a year. Throughout the year, do you write down feelings or any thoughts that you want to make sure to bring up in this birthday recording? I mean, that would be one way to do it. No, I don't. You don't. Um, okay. That would be one way to do it. And, and I, I would be curious to see if that would work out better. No, I mean, I think that would make me feel too scripted. I mean, unless you were able to be casual and to say, well, okay, what else is on my list? Um, right. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 that thing happened. I mean, that, that might be, you know, that might be a more conversational way. And then you wouldn't feel as, as much pressure. So I could see it working that way. Do, do you ever talk about who he is at that age? Like what you're seeing in him? My husband always wrote a holiday letter to my kids, very similar to what you said, where you wrote about COVID, but he was, he would talk, you know, when 9-11 happened, all these kinds of things, right. but then he would go into some things about them. And I don't know whether you do that too. or Oh yeah. It's, and it's, and it's a little weird. It's a little meta you know, to be like, oh, you know, I'm talking to this person saying, you know, oh man, you wouldn't believe the way you are acting or you, you're growing <laughs> up and just being so, you, you'd love yourself. You know, you, you'd love it right. if, you could, if you could see what, you know, like it's a little weird because this imaginary person. Uh, is the same person, but um, but no, I I think that's a really important thing, you know, and especially my impressions and like, man, you know, sometimes it scares me the way you act this way, or when this happens, or I'm, I'm worried, will I be a good enough father? Right. Or you know, you said this other thing to me the other day, and I, ah, oh, man, I just I didn't know what to say, and so I, I like panicked, you know, and 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 to talk to him about this thing, you know, that that he did, I think that's a part of it. I think that's the part of the story, and. You know, and a part of showing myself as being human and, you know, he might be interested in, in, I mean, he won't really have a lot of memories. I wish that would have come through in your article, Eric, because I think that's what he's really going to be interested in, your relationship with him. I mean, all of us wonder what we were like at four years old. What were we like at three years old? And what were our parents like? Because we never have a vision, you know, when we're 20 or 30, 
we think of our parents as old. We don't remember them going out to the movies with friends. You know what I mean? Doing the kinds of things we do in our 20s and 30s. So I love that you're sharing your life, but also a little bit about how he is such a big part of your life. Yeah. And the, and the, you know, the weird things that happen and, you know, and the things that 15 years from now will seem that, and this is the important thing is the stuff that 15 years from now will seem like a matter of course or sort of fate, you know, in in the moment or like, oh, I, you know, I, I don't think you like baseball or I don't like, you know, (laughs) you know, and it's just like, you know, 15 years, I think that's a moment of, of realness that, and, and I should also say that like this, this for me, and I think for a lot of people could be like the backbone of a, of a file that has other things in it. I mean, you can also record the kid. You can have conversations with the kid. You know, you've, um, I also record myself singing songs at night because, uh, you know, my dad would sing to me when I was a kid and he was terribly off key. And, <laughs> it didn't matter you know, though to you, did it? Well, it's almost like, better you know like i wish i yeah. could recreate that off key version of you know stew ball yeah or whatever he was singing um or the lemon tree song like you can't listen to the professional version and, and have it you know like it's not the thing i grew up with there are other things you can do in this that you can get creative right and maybe he doesn't want any of them well i think he's going to there's no question in my mind i mean you have to put yourself in his shoes he will want it at some point maybe not when he's 20 no you know, he's going to have to mature what they say, boys, their executive function doesn't even finish until they're like 25. And some of the people we've interviewed, the emerging adult stage is taking so much longer. But I'm, I'm very, I think, envious of also the technology you have now that I have such fond memories of my daughter waking up from naps and having yeah. literally 45 minute conversations with herself in her room. And there were times I wanted to put a recording under her bed. I would love to hear those things again. Yeah. So I think that's part of it, just savoring these things. You talked to a lot of psychologists about this. And one person you said, you talked to said, you should always emphasize at the top how much you love them. Do you do that each time? Or where does that play a role in your conversations with him? Yes, I do. Um, And I do make a point of it. I think that's the unique opportunity you have with this is, is you don't have to be like, I want you to know I love you very much and I'll always love you no matter what. Like that's the kind of thing I will say when he is, 25, you know, or whatever. Uh, that's the kind of thing I say to him now. It's a little different when you're having sort of this, this casual conversation. And it's more like, it's more like, man, I just, I just never knew I'd feel this way. Like it just, it just feels like my heart is doing this or that, or, you know, it's a little more, a little more real and a little more the way you talk to your friends after a drink or two, I think is one, you know, like a really close friend where you're just like, um, you just open up and the, the, the marvelous thing is like he could he can kind of be any any sort of faceless person that that you know that I can really open up to. He, the real him won't be that, but he will see me sort of having this conversation and saying things like that. And and that's that's a little different because I don't have any problem saying I love you to my kid, and I you know right I will. You know, something I wanted to ask you was how brutally honest are you? Like you said, you're brutally honest. If you're struggling with a relationship with your wife. Or if you're, I don't know, your parents or your job or, I mean, how brutally honest are you? What, what all do you want him to know? Are you really upfront about all of that? I would say the one exception would be my, my wife. I, I mean, I, not okay. that if, if I, I haven't had any serious issues with my wife, but if I was, that feels unfair because I don't know where she's not making her own, you know, little like 
podcast or whatever, you know, like she's not doing it. So she can't answer for herself. That's not really fair, but job, um, personal fears and, and the feelings of inadequacy that every parent has, right. uh, that's all the open season on all that. But how about relationship with your parents, your siblings? I mean, how personal do you get that way with them? Because right now, when you say job and your you know, faults or inadequacies and that sort of thing, I would think that's easy to talk about. I would have a hard time talking about maybe I didn't like my brother's wife and I'm really struggling with accepting her and things like that. Yeah. Is that important to talk about or not? I don't think that would fall on my list. Okay. And, and okay. there's two reasons. One, obviously, you know... <laughs> you're going to get this, you're going to get this weird time capsule with like, you know, your own griping about someone that your kid may love. Uh, and second, it also is, is going to come off a little more like griping, I think. And that's the part where you're having a conversation with a buddy and, and you know, they'll listen because they love you. But like, that's more about like you, <laughs> you know, and you're not really sharing. But those are real struggles you have at those yeah. ages. You know, they really, I mean, that, you know, the relationship with your parents, your in-laws, all that kind of stuff, you know, it's really a lot of growing up and a lot of learning to accept and learning to love no matter what and that sort of thing. Those are hard things. It's a really good point. And I, um, I think there's a way to do it. Yeah, without really putting someone down. Yeah, without just hammering. I think context would be important. You know, look, you know, your, your, your grandpa wasn't always, you know, whatever. I don't want to make people think that I'm talking about. No, no, no. I know exactly what you're saying. I know, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I think that would be, I mean, if done correctly, if it was actually something that was really on your soul, um, then of course that I would share that. Um, you know, I wouldn't want every year to be another right. <laughs> talking about <laughs> my session right <laughs> right but i you know but i i think that's the thing is you are trying to share it if, if you put too many barriers on it it won't it won't feel natural but do you listen to them when you're done i don't but i that is one use for them is you know when i'm older you know they can also be a resource for me like there's no reason why i can't if they're just for the you know i, I don't know that i'd let my wife necessarily listen to them <laughs> but uh but I can certainly listen and, and, and get a sense of who I was. And that, and, and that might be what happens to them. Um, I don't tend to listen to them when they're done, unless there's some technical reason why. I'm going to be like 80, Eric, but I would love to talk to you when he's 20 or something, because <laughs> I think that you're going to, the, these are going to be fabulous. And you're going to, when I think back to my early years of parenting, how different I was. And I'm going to say, I think I am more interesting now. I've learned so much <laughs> over these 30 years, so much. I wish I could start all over again. And I bet you a lot of my listeners feel that way too. All right. Another thing, one other person said to you, these kinds of interviews should help your son understand where he came from and how he fits into society. What did they mean by that? I mean, I, I think a part of that is, uh, there's a couple different pieces of that. I mean, one is sort of your heritage. Um, and I, you know, I talked to some folks who, who have spent time studying the psychological effects of for, for one reason or, or another, you know, if you don't, if you don't feel connected to your past or you don't feel connected to your parents oh. and there could be societal reasons or, you know, uh, because of sort of our country's history with, with race. And there's a lot of reasons why you might feel disconnected from your past. And, you know, I can't, I can't connect him all the way back to the Norwegian immigrants or the, you know, whatever right. I, I can connect. And and so there are some people who do 
you know, well, this, this kind of thing would be a connection to your past. So that's one piece of it. It's also, you know, on a smaller level, you know, just how, you know, as, as a society, like what, what do I come from? You know, what, what were things like? And, And I think, uh, as we get older, you know, we get maybe more secure and maybe we project a certain image and, and that's not always the image of who we were. And so like, for instance, if, if your parents were hippies or something like that, it's like, mm-hmm. again, this isn't nearly on the level of someone who's trying to, you know, understand their, their heritage, but there's that piece of like, oh, I come from hippies. Oh, I come from, you know, nothing. <laughs> My kids are going to say, I come from an old Greek lady that was telling right. me what to do all the time. <laughs> right. And that's a place in society. And, and, and I think, you know, who your parents are, it's, we're trying our best to put out this image that's very, I mean, you know, all the time with everybody. And this is an opportunity to be like, okay, look, if you really want to get the real scoop on me, yeah. this is what you get. And maybe it's not the same. All this makes me think about so many things. I wonder, do you talk to him about, like, we punished you today. It's really bothering me. Or no, I guess you can't say today because you do this once a year. Yeah. How do you talk about your parenting, you know, inadequacies? What do you say? I mean, because um, I guess you can't be as specific as I'm thinking. Uh, can I curse? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I might, <laughs> I, I might say, you know, you're a little, you've just been such a little shit lately, you know, and like, uh, or you know, I, I mean, if that's the case, or I'll say, you know, I some, you know, I just, I don't know if I handled this well, and and I get frustrated and, and there was one time I mean you, there was one time where I just was having trouble with patience with him and and it was the same I think the same growing pain that a lot of parents have right and I shared that with him you know and I, I and I you know I just feel awful about the way I was and this is hard man like and and I, you know I'm worried that he's going to listen to these and be like oh man I never want to have kids this sounds really bad <laughs> <laughs> Well, but, but at the same time, you're telling him what joy that year, this year brought you. Yeah. And that I think all of us feel like it's the hardest job we've ever had in our lives. We wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Right. And and I, I think that comes through. But I mean, part of that definitely is like, look, I, geez, like sometimes you just, you just go out there and you're just like a weird Muppet and I don't know how to deal with it, <laughs> you know? And I'm assuming that when he's older, he'll be like, oh yeah, that, that does sound like me. You know, I hope, <laughs> you know, I hope he's not insulted. I think they're going to change a lot as he gets older because he's still a toddler. It's going to be interesting. But I also want to know, you wrote something. When I look back to my 20s, I see a linear path to where I am today. So many of the people we've interviewed with this whole new emerging adults would say that young adults are so different now and youth is extended. Do you expect him to have this linear path to it? Just surprised me that you said that. I know very few people that feel like they had a linear path to where they are today. Yes and no, but I mean, I have a very nonlinear path. I mean, I I was a rock climbing guide for a while. I took a year off and traveled around the world to to rock climb, and then uh, I was oh, I just had a bunch of very strange jobs, and I became a journalist, and I moved to Mexico. Uh, lived in Mexico for seven years. It took me a long time to realize that the woman who I met very young was the right person for me forever. As I get older, and 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 you know, even now, no matter how I do it, it does sound sort of preordained, you know, like interesting. Well, then we decided to go to Mexico, and then you know, then we went around the world, and and, and that, of course, you would do that in the moment. These things are kind of crazy, you know? Like Yeah, I wonder what your parents were thinking. When's he going to earn a living? What's he doing? Sure. And also, you know, and I seemed aimless um at the time. And so I can't capture that. I mean, I, I haven't been recording 
these things that long. Right, right. But I know that looking back, you know, when, I, when I'm telling people about my life, it's just like, oh, well, then I did this and this, and then I became a journalist and I, you know, and then I worked for National Geographic and I did these things. And, and it's, it sounds like some sort of pathway, but it really wasn't. And I can't tell you that story and make it actually sound how it was. But if I did it in a moment, I would be just, you know, pulling my hair out and like, oh my God. And that's, that's the reality that you get. I mean, I think this, this pandemic is a good example. It's just like, when I look back on this, it's going to make more sense, but that's not how it was because our minds naturally put things in order. Well, I hope so. You know, I interviewed someone just the other day who did research on COVID and how it affects particularly young adults. They, he compared and he did a lot of studies for the CDC. You can have a thunderstorm, I mean, not a thunderstorm, but a hurricane, a tsunami, a, a um, terrorist attack but then it's over. And yes, it impacts you incredibly that year and it hangs over you and all of this, but COVID just seems to be hanging over for longer than any of us really need it to hang over. So it's impacting us in a way that's going to be very different from all these other things that we've been affected in our lives with, I think. Yeah, no, I mean, and I don't disagree with that. I mean, I do think this is a strange example, but I mean, if you look at other, you know, about like the depression, the great depression, and when people talk about the depression, it does sound, I mean, it was such a chaotic time for so many people. Yeah, I guess that's true. And yet it does, like, like somehow when they're older, it makes sense. Or, it, you know, there, there's this like, well, it was tough, but we got through and we, we did it by persevering and just and looking ahead. And it's like, that that probably wasn't actually how it was. It was probably- That's little- probably true. And you're going to have this time capsule that's really going to tell what it really was like. And if you are brutally honest about either the right. loneliness or, I mean, we've all changed considerably through this pandemic. Even if we don't want to admit that to ourselves, I think we've all changed considerably. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll share a little bit from uh, from the last. Okay, I would love that. He's going to listen to one of the, it's not this last year, but the year before. He's going to listen to one of it and I'm I'm down. Yeah. I am really sad and just like, look, man, I, I don't know if I can, this is going to be a short one this year because I'm just, you know, this has been a hard year and I just, and, and you can tell in my tone, like I'm just, after I only got through like half an hour, usually I have for 45 minutes to show material, maybe an hour. And I had like the half an hour. And I just like, I, I just don't know if I can talk. Do you tell him what down? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so you don't say I'm really down. You say these are the ways this has affected me. Yeah, this thing has been horrible. And, and you know, and I'll say like you, this probably makes sense to you. You're, you're, you're already through it. And, and maybe you're even reading about it in a history class. I don't know. That really seems weird to me. But like, yeah, this, is, yeah. this is rough. And I, you know, and after all, I, like, I don't know if I can keep talking. And like, I think by that kind of honesty, it's like, okay, yeah, he's going to know like that in itself. will tell him more than, than a lot of the information I give him. Yeah. I mean, I look back, I would have loved to heard my parents talk about the Great Depression sure. and what that was like when they were going. My dad was on the front line Battle of the Bulge in World War II. Boy, wouldn't it have been great to hear his impressions of all of that? Imagine, imagine, imagine. So that's how wonderful this is, even though you got a lot of criticism on this article in your comments, and I'm going to just read a couple <laughs> of them. One that stood out, and it was KT from Colorado, said, I doubt your 20-year-old will sit down and listen to these with you. Good luck with that. But I did agree with concerned MD from Maryland who said, if you really are brutally honest in these conversations, you might want to hold off giving them to him until he has children of his own or about 35 years old. Maybe not that old, but I would wait till he's in his mid-20s. Anyway. I, I don't have a cutoff. Like, I don't have a time. Right. Different kids are different, you know. And, and yeah. you know, for all I know, he's going to have kids when he's 22. I doubt it, but like, I'm not going to set you I doubt it too. Okay. Um, and and I, I will also say that like, if he never listens to them, 
that's also okay. I know you've said that a couple of times, Eric, but he is going to listen to them. I will put money on it. <laughs> you may skip past some parts. <laughs> you know, he's going to listen to them over time. And I bet you whoever he marries will listen to them. That's an interesting point. I, I, don't, I don't really think about her or him. Well, I think I would share it with my husband in a heartbeat. Huh. You love your spouse. I mean, I have a good relationship with my spouse. I loved his parents. They drove me crazy sometimes, as all in-laws do, but they were his parents. And you want to get to know them. And you share so much about your life and how you grew up with the person you love. And I have a feeling his kids will listen to you at some point. So I hope it's saved in the cloud and not on some hard drive somewhere. There's, yeah, I mean, you, I mean, this is a technical point. You want to have it more than one place, and and you want to have it in a single file so that you know you're not you're not trying to piece these things together and figure out you know. And sometimes the thing fails, and I've got you know half, and then another half, and you just you got to put them together, and make them clear. I do think that digital formats like MP3s that they will be. Some form of this will be around and convertible. I don't think it's going to be like the VHS problem that we had. Well, I think you'll be surprised. You may have to change your formats. Yes. You might have to do things as the years go on. I, I might have to do something like that, but I, I mean, I think they are fundamentally digital. And I, I But I do have them in right. one place. I have one in the cloud and I have one on an external hard drive. All right. I really want to get to, we, we're parents of adult children, but that doesn't mean we're not interesting. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble for that, aren't I? No, 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 you're not. You're not. You're not. But we may want to share some things right now with our grandchildren. We might even want to share things right now with our adult children. Because you know what? That whole empty nest thing, this is the most difficult period of my life I've ever been in. Yeah. And I would love to talk about that. I never thought about it. So where do we start? Can you give us some tips on how to get going? And I think you said, even someone said that all of us think we don't have stories to tell. How do we figure out our stories to tell? I've got a couple. I've got a couple different suggestions on that. On that. Okay. First of all, I mean, I think if if you're older, yes, I'd love to hear about like what you think about now, what kind of person you are. But there's also your history that I would do a lot to get. You know, even my my grandfather, even you know, at the end of his life, uh, talking about his time in the war, it would still be coded in that sort of mystique that he's put on it over his life. But I'd still take it. So I would take these kinds of you know, whether or not it's in the heart in the moment or just remembering back like that, it's a, it's a valuable thing. So that's that's the first thing. Right. I'm sure your grandchildren would be interested in who you are now, but also like that, that's a big pull. I think. Add your history to it. Yeah. I will say that if, if you're struggling with getting started, uh, the first thing to do is just to start talking, press record and just start talking. And if it's not working, there's nothing wrong with bringing in someone to interview you. Oh yeah. Okay. And having someone start a conversation hearing your father or grandparents talk to someone else about these things someone who's drawing out these stories it's a different way to go but it's it's the same effect and you have to sort of be brutally honest with yourself me talking into this into this microphone is not working um and i'm droning on and i don't like it so i'm bringing someone else and they can pull stuff out of me and, so, and that's just self-knowledge but that's another way to go okay i think that's a great idea well i loved the article and i love what you're doing I don't know whether you'll be in Boulder in 20 years, so I'll even remember, but I would love to know how this all turns out for you because I think <laughs> it's one of the greatest things. And I know you said a couple things already, but I always like to close my episodes with two things you want our listeners to remember from this episode. Maybe I didn't ask about it. Something you want listeners to think about regarding this whole topic. What would they be, Eric? I mean, I, I would say it's it's really easy to be, if, if you're open to it, it's very easy to be sort of exposed and um, and vulnerable 
when it's not a real person, you know, and that's just kind of who humans are. And so this is an opportunity like this. This is that's the one thing is like is to be exposed and let yourself be vulnerable. And, and that's what makes this kind of magical is, is, is and, you know, and, and that that's its own kind of therapy. So that would be the first one. And the second one is, you know, I'm really tempted here to make a joke about. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Not, <laughs> not go being ahead, interesting go ahead. when I'm older. I knew you were going to say that. I knew it. I was waiting for it. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, the, the, I think that the second one is, you know, and this, there were some comments on the, the story to this effect, you know, sort of, but like never underestimate how much people who come after you are going to want to know about you. Yeah. And I think that my grandparents didn't, they underestimated how much I wanted to know who they were. And all I've got are things now. Yeah. You know, Did they just, speak English? Yes. Well, yes. My my grandmother spoke Norwegian, but she she was she spoke English her whole life. So that, that was her. Yeah. My grandmother did not speak English. So I feel like I never really got to know her. What did she speak? Greek. Greek. Yeah. My, I'm Greek heritage. And I did go to Greece and I lived there for a year. And I, I felt like when I came back, I could talk to her more than I ever had but I'd love to know more about her. So I think you're right. I think what you just said, I would say it again about don't underestimate. Yeah. I mean, just don't underestimate how much the people who come after you yeah. uh, are going to want to know about you for the good or you know, ill, you know, not all the great stuff, maybe not even most of the great stuff. Right. But it, I truly believe it will make them feel like they can do it too. You know, it's an empowering thing to know that the people who came before you struggled and didn't know what to do. And that's that's the point of this, you know, is that we don't have it figured out, but we seem to think that we did before, you know. Right, right. Once we go through it. <laughs> and it's never too late to begin. How about that? And that too. Yeah, it's never too late. And you have a lot to offer. You're There's right. a lot to offer the people who love. We're very interesting. Anyway, Eric, <laughs> thank you very, very much. I really appreciate you agreeing to do this. I know I reached out to you in such a weird way via Twitter, but I read the article and I was like, I got to talk to this guy. So um, well, I hope it was helpful. It was very helpful. Thank you. Well, that's a wrap. I know many of you are thinking, this doesn't relate to me. He's doing this with his four-year-old. But remember what he said at the end. It's never too late. And don't underestimate how much the people who come after you are going to want to know about you. I think all of us will agree that we'd love to hear the voices and experiences of our parents and grandparents, and not just the historical stuff, which many of you are doing with the new StoryWorth app, but more about who you are now. What are your joys, your struggles? And as Eric said, it can only help them feel like they can do it too. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to follow us on social media and reach out to us at biteyourtonguepodcast at gmail.com with any questions or ideas you want to cover. We can't do it without you. A special thank you to several of our listeners who have bought mugs or even a cup of coffee to help support us. Thanks so much to Lisa, Claire, Leah, Val, Stephanie, Paul, Terry, Stephen, and Carl. Please know how much we appreciate this. Thanks again to our extraordinary audio engineer, Connie Gorant Fisher. Goodbye, everybody. And until next time, remember, sometimes you may just have to bite your tongue.